nothing can prepare you for, you know, something like a brain tumor. And when I was going into surgery and I didn't know what was going to happen, I just had a real, I think we call it like a God moment or like a very spiritual moment. Like, well, if this is it, I've had a great run. <laughs> and uh, if not, I just want to do stuff that I love. Hey, everyone. This is your bonus episode of No Limits. I recently caught up with Kate Walsh right after she announced some major news, and we talked about how it changed her life. Take a listen. Kate Walsh, welcome to No Limits. No Limits. Very exciting. A very provocative title. Um, (laughs) There's no limits to where we can go here today, Kate. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) All right. Let's go. Except for the ABC radio sensors, which I know as you are familiar with those sensors, given your years working yeah. for ABC doing Grey's Anatomy. Um, well, I'm, yes, I'm really thrilled you can be with us. And you're joining us from where are you joining us from today? From Malibu, Malibu, California. Oh, yeah. Very nice. I bet it's where beautiful. Where I currently reside. It is beautiful. It's sunny and like, I think, 68 or something and. I'm looking at the ocean, so I am very blessed. Um, (laughs) It's a great place to be talking to you from. Outstanding. Well, we're really happy to have you with us. And I I wanted to get into um, something that you just revealed. You revealed recently that you're diagnosed with a brain tumor. You had surgery two years ago. Thank goodness it was benign. But what a life-changing moment that must have been. Oh, yeah, completely. I refer to it as before tumor and after tumor, BT and AT. You definitely, I think most people who go through, um, you know, a major health scare or crisis like that, um, it, it just, it's very cliche and trite, but it forces you to really sort of assess your life if you haven't already. I've always been one to be kind of reflective anyway, and I think pretty conscious, but nothing can prepare you for, you know, something like a brain tumor. It's just was something I'd never considered. It's not like I had a family history of brain tumors or tumors in general. So it was very uh, shocking to say the least, but, um, but also it was a a massive relief to uh, have found a good doctor who could, um, you know, who could examine me and give me an MRI and tell me what it was because I think the hardest part was leading up to that, not feeling well and not knowing what it is and sort of trying to ascertain and figure out what was going on. Absolutely. That that unknown period is for anybody who's been through any kind of health struggle. It's it's the hardest part, not knowing um, and, and waiting. And I wonder when you talk about before and after, what would you say? is your biggest change in approach to big decisions, big career choices, for example? Let me just preface this by saying I'm very lucky to be able to make a living at what I love to do. And, and I realize that. And um, so just the fact that I have choice now it, it, it is a really um, wonderful thing. Um, I certainly, you know, worked and did, did a lot of uh, fair share of toiling and waitressing and everything leading up to success in my field. But I do feel very lucky to um, have the choice of what I want to do. And I think that, you know, when I was going into surgery and I didn't know what was going to happen, I just had that a real, I can just call it like a God moment or like a very spiritual moment. Like, well, if this is it, I've had a great run. (laughs) And uh, if not, I just want to do stuff that I love. Um, I don't want to work as much. You know, I really, I I think in our culture, I'm probably not the only one. (laughs) who really identified with work 
you know, my, mm-hmm. my, my sense of identity came a lot from work and I really enjoy that. I still enjoy it. I'm, I'm an artist and I like expressing and connecting and telling stories. And so, but I really, um, when I, I kind of made a promise to myself that, you know, all the, it's anything I say, I feel like sounds very cliche, but that if I came out of it with a clean bill of health, that I would, um, that I would just do what I wanted to do, like with people that I love. And I just wanted to spend more time with my family and friends and doing things that bring me great joy in life and relaxing and traveling and, um, and that kind of stuff. And more of a balanced life, if you will, you know, not so work centric because in my business, at any rate, you know, it, it can be very easily become this regular schedule of, you know, 70, 80 hour a week work weeks and you know for the majority of the year and then sort of jamming in a vacation or another project or whatever and so I really uh slowed down you know in a great way but I was I think I was ready to anyway Mm -hmm. you know I think when you're younger you think I'm going to work like this always and um and then you're like oh yeah I don't want to I don't want to have to uh work that hard you know (laughs) yes so you grew up care I mean obviously taking care of yourself you know, self-care becomes a major, um, a major, uh, component and like a very, and everything sort of begins with that and then goes outward. And I think that as women too, in our culture, it's so easy to take care of other people or be externally motivated, whether it's children or relationships or work. And then you sort of come last on the list and including healthcare and, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, that's, which is one of the reasons, you know, when I wanted to, uh, I didn't want to, talk about it initially because I wanted to have my own experience of recovery and yes and um but when I I really was always intent on wanting to partner with someone to to share it and talk about my experience um because I do think particularly for women I mean the type of tumor that I had is twice as common in women than it is in men and and women so often put everybody else first so when you know Cigna came to me and we were talking about this partnership, it was really interesting just to the idea of making sure that women get their annual physical, making sure that they have an appointment annually with their doctor the way they would, you know, biweekly or whatever appointment with their trainer or going to the gym or just having that culture, that, that story in our culture change a little bit, you know, about how we sort of approach doctors and and taking care of ourselves and medicine. Absolutely. And certainly it was certainly that way for me. You know, I never really went to the doctor. <laughs> you know, I think like most of us, you're like, well, if there's a problem, I guess I'll go to one. But I really didn't regularly. So that also changed. It was a big component in my life that changed. This is your, your partnership with Cigna and the TV Doctors of America. I wonder, given... Yeah, <laughs> every time you say that, I laugh. I chuckle. Because you're a TV so Doctor funny. of America. I mean, what could be a better partnership? <laughs> I mean, it's a little on the nose, honestly. <laughs> I love the commercials. Um, I, I really do. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, I liked it. I loved the first campaign. I thought it was so clever. And, you know, I love it when you can check uh, the boxes of it's clever, self-deprecating, and also it's hugely effective. And it, they got, you know, their goal of 100, getting 100,000 people in to see, to do their regular annual physicals. Um, so, and that's our goal, of course, too, and, and, and hopefully more. But I just love that, you know. I, I, think I, really, uh, I really enjoy the campaign, too. I'm glad you like it. When you look back on your life, growing up in San Jose and Tucson, and you you started acting in Chicago, and then you moved to New York to do improv and comedy. What would you go back and tell that that person at the beginning of her career, especially in the Chicago and and early New York years? What do you wish she knew back then? Oh, that you're going to 
I hate to say this. You're going to get everything you want. Everything's going to be okay. Don't worry so much. I think one of the biggest lessons that my older self would tell my younger self is worry is the biggest waste of energy. And honestly, in terms of, you know, health, self, self-care and health, too, it's just it, if you're stressed and you worry, it compounds stress, and it just makes your body more exhausted and stressed out. So, and I think that, um, you know, I would tell my younger self, because it's a false sense of control to worry. So I'd say, don't worry. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. As the song says, don't worry, be happy. Yeah. Listen to the music. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I loved, I don't have any regrets there either. I, I worked my little tail off and I loved what I did and I had great experiences all along the way and learned so much, you know, by, I'm so glad. I mean, I've worked since I was 14, you know, whether it's flipping burgers or making ice cream cones or uh, temping or whatever. I, I like that. I like that. I, I learned how to work really hard and, um, and then there was a great lesson to learn how to not work, so how to take care of myself, you know? What's been the most difficult lesson you've had to learn along the way? Oh, well, patience, probably. It's not a virtue that I possess. I'm probably kind of working on that or surrendering um, surrendering to that, rather. But I also feel like I've always been a very proactive and sort of single-minded person. And so I think that I, I really learned like kind of radical acceptance. That was one of the gifts of having um, a health challenge, having a, a tumor. It's like, oh, okay, this is happening. And I'm going to do exactly what my doctors tell me to do. And I'm not going to try to, I mean, that was like, that was an incredible experience to not rush my recovery mm-hmm. and take my time and really uh, let myself heal. Um, and again, I was really fortunate in that I uh, could take the time off of work and, and, uh, and, and let that happen. Not everyone is. Um, but I, I was very lucky to be able to just take as much time as I needed. Yeah, that, that does make such a difference. And I would imagine that as an actor, there, there has to be some fear associated with that. Like it's kind of a zero sum game. There's one role for every project. So was there any concern in, in your mind that, you know, if you were going to reveal this, that, it could have an impact on your work and your opportunities. Oh, for sure. Because this, you know, my business particularly is such percept, it's all perception or a lot of it is. And so I didn't, I wanted to keep, certainly that was partly why I wanted to keep it private. Um, And I, so I wanted to have my experience of healing and recovery. And then also my experience of going back to work and, and when I, when I did go back, I, I hit it pretty hard in like a great way, doing all the things that I, I wanted to do, you know, like three or four different movies, a play, TV show. Um, and so I, I kind of wanted, I didn't want, I guess I also, yeah, I didn't want this, my story to be about a brain tumor, mm-hmm. you know, that's mm-hmm. a piece of my life, certainly, and it hugely informed my life, but that's not who I am. And that's not how I identify myself. And it, not that the work is either, but. In terms of work, yeah, I wanted to make sure that uh, I had, you know, I was out there being in in the business anyway, recognized for my work, not for having recovered from brain surgery. And I can imagine, too, it puts an additional level of pressure on yourself when you just want to be healthy and get better. Being out of the spotlight and allowing yourself the time to heal and to be 
you know, everything that you physically need to be. And I can imagine, though, that nowadays there is all of this pressure to be out there with everything that you're thinking and everything that you're going through. But in a health situation like this, it, it, it might add another layer of pressure and expectation. Yeah, I mean, I also, I think it's, it's we're in such an interesting time in our culture with so much information. I personally think it's too much information and that it's too, I don't know, I, don't, I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah. And I think our little human infrastructures are not made to be able to uh, handle all the information. I mean, if you just break it down logically, you, you get all, we have all this access to everything that's happening in the world all the time. And then we have to like dis- discern or disseminate which is be- between which is real, which is, just hyperbole. And then you're, if there is horrible news happening, you're like, Oh my gosh, the human instinct is like, what can I do? And you're like, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then you just feel terrible. You're like, wow, what a great experience is it? But I mean, I, I, so I think that uh, I, you know, I grew up with where there was such a thing as privacy. And I think that that's, I'm really glad I did. I I didn't Mm -hmm. grow up with the internet and I'm so grateful. Like I I love it and it's awesome, but I'm really glad that uh, I have a, for me, it's really important. Other people don't have that. And there, and there's no, there's, they don't seem to be deeply affected by it. But for me, I think I, I have, it's almost a spiritual thing too, of what's private and what is my process and relationship with myself and life and what I want to share and when I want to share it, you know? And I, I think that that's, I like that about myself. I like that about, you know, and, and I also, but that being said, it was very important for me to talk about this. And uh, I don't have any shame about it, you know, but I wanted to be able to process it on my own. And and before, yeah, I think that's really important to know yourself well enough to know how you want to process and how you want to share things. And um, and people choose it different ways. Some people are like, I want to talk about this right away. I'm going to do it on, you know, be on the cover of a magazine and talk about exactly what's happening in my life. And I, uh, yeah. I totally respect that. And I bet there was pressure to potentially go the other way. Well, you know what? Not in my case, because I had a great group of people around me uh, at the time. I mean, I, my team, if you will, that I work with my lawyer and my publicist and my, um, which, you know, when we were, when this was happening, when we had, I was very clear and they were very supportive of that. I'm like, no, I don't want to do any of that. So that was great. You know, and I was like, well, when when I feel like at a later and it's when, when it's the right time and the right partnership and it's something. And it was also important for me that it was something that was bigger than just this story, mm-hmm. which is why I also loved the Cigna campaign. That it was really about um, advocating for people to uh, take care of themselves um, and and reframing the story of healthcare. Uh, obviously, healthcare is such a huge issue in our country right now but also reframing it and, and really focusing on, I love that Sigma is trying to focus on uh, preventive health care as opposed to reactive health care, which is what, you know, kind of the larger cultural story has been for so long, you know, like wait till you're sick and then go fix it, you know, yep. and, and people have been, you know, or, or people are afraid to go to the doctor or they just don't want to deal. Um, and so getting, just changing the, the perception of that in our culture was really interesting to me. And of course, then my, my, uh, my little story, my little tumor, <laughs> not so little centimeters of, the size of the lemon little five and a half centimeters of trouble of trouble being a part of it um but yeah a little a small lemon a small lemon i don't know if that would be a mire whatever i don't know but uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, that was also it. You know, I wanted it to be a piece of a larger whole that was really about uh, a broader message. And that's why, you know, and that's why, I, you know, everybody had their personal issue, Patrick with his uh, mother's cancer and, 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 um, and Neil with his kids and, and Donald. I mean, they, so we all, I think that's sort of the beautiful thing about, um, even though it is, it's a, a partnership and it's a sponsorship, it's still, it was a really great, a great, uh, message to be a part of. And, and, uh, and I'm, and I'm thrilled, and I think we're going to have huge success and hopefully get more than 100,000 people in to get their annual checkups. Before you go, I ask everybody this question. Worst advice you've received? <laughs> oh, my God. Doesn't have to advice. be medical. <laughs> hopefully it wasn't medical. Oh, my God. Worst advice? I mean, God, I'm sure there's so much. I just haven't, I don't think about that. Uh, well, I mean, I guess as an actor, I was told many times I should just quit and give up. I was too tall, too intense, too this, too that. Yeah. <laughs> but I never, you know, um, it, it never paid me mind. I'm sure there's a better answer than that. I just can't think of it. Here's what I will say, like uh, circling back to medical. This is, I don't know. I don't know why I just thought of this, um, but you know, I never used to have a regular GP and um, I, a general practitioner, the three people, okay, out there <laughs> listening that don't know what GP is. Um, but I, I used to just go like maybe annually for like an OBGYN checkup, you know, and, and I ended up uh, years ago before, I was like, oh, I should go to, someone said, don't you have a general practitioner or an internal medicine? I was like, no. And I ended up finding this amazing doctor here in L.A., who is kind of a total Addison. And um, I say that only because I'm like, I can't believe I kind of found an Addison. Like I love her so much and she's so cool and so knowledgeable and so fierce and amazing. But it did make me, I don't know why I thought of that because I was like, oh my God, she's, she's wearing heels and like fabulous dresses. And she's, you know, she's fabulous and so knowledgeable and so kick-ass. And I thought one of the other things that I think that people don't consider when they go to doctors is like, you can actually develop a great relationship with your doctor. You can find one that you really love. And I think that's important to do with, you know, to find someone that you, it's a relationship. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Totally. And that you can have a, have a great relationship with them. And and so anyway, that's where I wanted to just share that. I love it. Find your Dr. Addison. But I did. (laughs) I want to mention her by name, but she's awesome. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, she's incredible. So there you have it. Awesome. I love it. Kate Walsh, thank you so much for joining us. I'm so happy that you're healthy and and everything is good in your world. And thanks for spending time with us today. Thank you. You're awesome. Have a great weekend. You are, too. Have a limitless weekend. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I will. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of No Limits. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. It really does help to spread the word. And you can follow along with us behind the scenes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Rebecca Jarvis. And join the conversation using the hashtag No Limits. And thanks so much to the team here at ABC who makes this happen week after week. Taylor Dunn, Michelle Bancardo, Annie Osakwe, Josh Cohan, Elizabeth Hecht, Andrew Kelb, and Steve Jones here at ABC Radio. Have a great week, everyone. Take care. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. 
We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.